What's up, everybody? Verzi Effect showing one of the greatest rappers of all time some respect on the anniversary of his death. I would stop the song and start the podcast now, but the song's too good. Uh, 
right, folks. I had to play it. I had to do it. This is the Verzi Effect podcast show. What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's doing good. Welcome back. This is episode number 53, and uh, it is March 9th, 2012, uh, and uh, the anniversary of the, the tragic, untimely assassination of Christopher Wallace, known as, that we all know as uh, the Notorious B.I.G., one of the best rappers in history. Had to start off the show today. Uh, I don't know how many times I'm going to land on March 9th to do the Verzi Effect podcast, but um, today is that day, and it is only appropriate. And if it was anybody else, I would have only played a verse. But this is arguably the greatest rapper of all time. Um, I don't think he's the greatest lyricist of all time. I've said that. Um, If you guys don't know, uh, in my opinion, uh, I think Eminem is the greatest lyricist to ever live. I really believe that he's the best rhymer, lyricist ever. But as far as all-around rapper with uh, ahead of their time and beats and putting stories together, I think it's Biggie. And uh, Juicy, there you go. I started off the podcast with one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time. So uh, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, man, the kid was, what, 24 years old when he got killed. It's it's, it's insanely young and uh, tragic. But, um, you know, wanted to actually start off with a little music. Um Anyway, like I said, you guys listen to episode 53. I got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Um, We're going to talk about some hilarious shit where I performed last Friday, which was really funny. And um, some shows, we got some stuff. I want to talk about Peyton Manning and the Colts uh, cutting him. I want to talk about the Knicks sucking again. Um, You know, a big project that I'm working on. I got got some plugs. And uh, we'll talk about some uh, music up front because uh, this is a day that is, uh, you know, I guess you could say sad in in, uh, in New York for the hip-hop fans who, you know, it, actually it's not sad anymore. It's more of like a celebration. Ever, I'm sure every radio station today is going to be playing the, the Biggie uh, tunes and uh, rightfully so. The guy, I mean, the guy did basically his first album was legendary and then he but he didn't even live to see the release of his uh, second album, which was a double, double disc, uh, and just ridiculous. I mean, so many of the songs were. There was a cool part in the movie too. There was a cool part in the movie Notorious, which I saw in theaters with my brothers, because um, uh, my brothers are big time, uh, you know, Biggie fans. Just the respect, um, and. He said something which was so cool. I don't know if there's there's a scene in a movie where he's in his studio and he just uh, listened to uh, Sky's the Limit, which was on his, um, you know, Life After Death uh, double CD uh, album. And he's listening to it. And then after it's done, he just smiles and he sits back and he says, I did it. I'm the greatest. And he just has this smile on his face. And it's such a... I don't know, you know, maybe because because I'm a comic and and you know, I guess if you're if you're an artist doing something or working on your craft and whatever it, it may be, 
when you feel like you really accomplished something. And it's really hard for somebody who 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 creates to say that. I know how hard that is for somebody that that creates and is you know to just automatically uh, hear something and know, you know, it's it's a rare thing. Wow, that's a great job I just did. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's amazing that somebody so young can put, you know two albums out and be labeled as as one of if not the greatest um truly ahead of his time he was rapping about stuff they talk about today um but you know hip-hop is not the only thing that i listen to it's funny i was talking about this um with a couple of comedians about what music do you have in your you know your your ipod or you know your you know my my iphone now and my collection of music is hilarious. It, it, I have everything from, I have everything from Biggie, Eminem, Jay Z, and all my hip hop stuff. To uh, I'm a big Stevie Wonder. I'm a big um, Phil Collins. It's funny when I started dating my wife, she was in my car and she saw Phil Collins' greatest hits, and she just gave me a look, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I love Phil Collins. Um, I don't listen to that that much, but I have so much weird shit. I got like the Killers, I have All American Rejects, I have I have Cindy Lauper, I have White Snake, I got Pat Benatar, I have um, you know Snoop Dogg, I, and it's funny too because like when it's just like random or it's not in a row, you'll hear like this Snoop Dogg song, and then all of a sudden like We Belong by Pat Benatar comes on. It's <laughs> it's just all over the place. Um but good music is good music. You know, I would never ever limit myself to just oh that's all I have in my you know, but if somebody saw my I mean I I even have a couple of Lady Gaga songs there I said it. I have a couple of Lady Gaga songs uh in my collection of music. Just a couple. I think I actually think she's really talented. Um, oh my god, you guys are gonna give me so much shit for that. But hey, listen, fuck you. I'm admitting it. I'm admitting it. I have some Lady Gaga. What else do I have? I'll go through it. I'll go through it and tell you guys what I have here. Alright, I got a ton of songs. I'll tell you. And, uh, if you guys have any funny ones, let me know. Like, things that are just, uh, you know, what do I have here? I have, okay. I have, I got some... I got Aerosmith, I got ACDC, I got Alicia Keys, I have Belle Biv DeVoe, I have Blue Oyster Cult, I have Bobby Womack, Busta Rhymes, uh, yeah, Cindy Lauper, I got Queen in here, I have um, Grandmaster Flash, um... I have that dickhead Kanye West in here for some songs. I have Kings of Leon. I have an old Keith Sweat song. Remember that song Twisted? Baby, baby in time. You know that shit? I got that. I got uh, I got Lupe Fiasco. I got Michael Jackson. I got uh, that lunatic Nicki Minaj. Just like one or two songs. I like that song Moment for Life. I like that shit. I got Old Dirty Bastard. I got One Republic. I got Outkast. Uh, I got The Roots. I got Run DMC. I got Snoop Dogg. I got Wiz Khalifa. I got 
uh, Talib Kweli and High Tech. I got Tom Petty. I got a Tribe Called Quest. I got a huge collection of U2, uh, Van Halen, 50 Cent. I mean, it's just, I have, I listen to everything that's good. Like, I don't care. I'll listen to anything. It's funny, I, I, I was talking to a James Goff. Uh, by the way, thanks and shout out to James Goff for being on the show last week. I hope you guys enjoyed that. But I was telling James that I had a Kelly Clarkson song on in my in the car once. This is like right when she was really blowing up. And I forgot one of her like famous early songs. And it came on the radio. And I was driving from my neighborhood down to the city. And I went through a toll. And like there was a late, there was a girl, like a young girl, pretty attractive young girl working at, at the toll booth. And, like, I just roll up with the window down and this Kelly Clarkson shit just pumping loud. And, like, it took me a second and she just looked over and I was just like, oh, shit. And I just lowered it. I just lowered it. Uh, which I shouldn't have done. But, you know, you can't be rocking Kelly Clarkson like that in public. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's that's how I wanted to start today. Talking a little bit of music. So if you got any funny ones... Um, let me know the funniest, like craziest, oldest song that you would think you would, you would never think, you know, somebody would still be listening to, but it's amazing, man. Songs are are timeless and, and good ones are really good ones are timeless. Um, and I was listening to a bunch of this stuff on the way to my gigs last week, which I want to talk about now. I want to thank everybody Friday night at the Hillside Park Barn. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. It wasn't like a real barn. It was actually like a, a function hall. But this place uh, saw me, and they do a once-a-year comedy show, and they contacted me. Um, they were looking for somebody. The The husband had knew my wife um, and through work, or you know, he was like a client, and they were talking, and they looked at me online, and they wanted me, and they booked me like a year in advance. So I put a couple of my friends on it. We drive out to Newton, New Jersey which is like northern New Jersey in the fucking woods, literally in the woods. Like this is a place they would film Finding Bigfoot and shit. Like that's where I was. And it was dark and it was woodsy and you show up to a place, anything with the name barn in it and you're in the woods and it's dark, you never know what. But I went out there with Adrian Appalucci who killed and uh, James James Goff who also killed and it was a great time. <clears throat> but the funniest like place to perform they like made this homemade stage with wood, like this wooden like homemade stage they made. They had a guy like trying to like warm up the crowd. He was just like telling like jokes, like a, a guy goes into a bar jokes, but like it took him a real long time to get there, and he was just hilarious. And he never like the people were just sitting there like, what the hell's going on? And um, there was like this big deer or elk head on the wall, just staring at whoever was on the stage. And we had a lot of fun talking about that. Uh, I actually did um, I did a lot of time there, and I had a lot of fun. The, the crowd was great. Thank you, everybody who was there. Um, I really enjoyed myself, as did Adrian and, and James. We left there driving back saying, man, it was not only you know so so much fun to be part of a show that they do it the right way, even though it's not at your traditional comedy club. It was just truly fun and also really fun to get some, you know, money in your pocket, working with good friends. Everybody's, you know, getting working on a Friday, Saturday night. That's, a, you know, comedian's bread and butter. So it was a really, really good time out there. It was a, a nice turnout considering it was like, I guess everybody had the flu that week. 
So it wasn't as packed as it, it would have been, but it was still really good. So thank everybody in Newton, New Jersey who came out to that. They were good sports because I'm not going to lie, I trashed the place probably the first five minutes I was on stage just making fun of everything from the decor, the decorations, the food spread, the drive there, where it was, the people there. I just shit on this place. And uh, sometimes that could uh, not go so well. <laughs> sometimes you could you could just start making fun of where you are and people get offended. These people were howling. These people loved it. They were and it was cool because there was a lot of like a lot of people from New York. There was people from Staten Island, Brooklyn, all these people who was in this I said, what are you people hiding from something? Like these people were were from all over the place, just in this little town in Newton, New Jersey. And uh, we had a really good time. So so thank everybody for that one. Then on Saturday night, I was in um, Tom's River, New Jersey, headlining Knuckleheads Comedy Club. They have a new location at the Howard Johnson's, and it's like downstairs. It has its own entrance, and it was really this cool, intimate little square room, and it was sold. I think it was sold out. It was packed to the brim, and they were like really intimate on you. And um, again, folks, another drunk blonde. I don't know what it is with drunk blonde chicks compared to... I feel like... I, I don't know what the fuck it is about blonde women who get drunk and go to a comedy club as opposed to dark hair women. Like the dark hair women, even when they get drunk, they make, like, they're just not... I don't know. But the blonde or lighter hair females that get drunk in a comedy club have to run their mouth. And... I felt bad because the guy who went on before me, really funny, nice guy. Uh, I don't want to butcher his name. I know his first name was Lawrence and he was from Philadelphia. And this chick is just like yelling during his set and doing all this. And he's, he's, he's dealing with it as best he could. And she wouldn't shut up. And I know I'm going on next. And she was already drunk. So, I mean, I'm going on. And I got, I'm going to do a minimum of 45 minutes. So we're going to definitely have it out. We're going to have words. Something's going to happen. And she was sitting there with these big fucking... She was sitting there with this one dude who was like... She's sitting there with one black dude who was probably 6'4", 350 pounds, and this other big Spanish dude who was probably like 6'2", you know, 300 pounds. Like these huge dudes in the back, and there was a, they were with a big party of like 20 in this room. And I go up there, and uh, I start shitting on the room, making fun of, you know, how small the stage was. And, um, you know, I was just talking about how, you know, they, they brought me up, you know, performed at Carnegie Hall too and stuff. And I talked about how big and unbelievable that stage was. And now I'm standing on a two-by-two two fucking little square, you know, stage that was actually carpeted. Somebody actually carpeted like a two-by-two. Two. It was like I was standing on a square. Uh, it was like a footlocker. I, I might as well have been standing on a footlocker. And I'm making fun of that. And everything's going great. And I start killing the room, really killing the room. I had the place in an uproar. It was really good. And, of course, Blondie back there had to open her fucking flapper. She had to. She had no, there was no, I just yelling stupid shit. And I was just like, at one point, and I think the crowd could tell that um, just with how I am on stage and my, I guess my persona and the way that I conduct myself, um, you know, I'm really not going to put up with that. And I think I show that. So like everyone's kind of laughing and chilling and she starts making people upset at her, but you know, and they knew, don't fuck with this guy, this guy, because I was being funny, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I was being funny, it wasn't like I was, you know, 
not doing well. The room was quiet. It was getting weird. Somebody's going to say something. No, I was killing the room. And this drunk bitch had to keep talking. So I was just like, what, ma'am? And I just was basically like, seriously, just shut. Like, I, I was just trying nicely to just say, shut up. Just shut. Just, just listen. I know you're drunk. We all know you're drunk. But you're really pissing people off. And, like, people were getting upset. People were missing some jokes. So then I'm going into a joke. She shut up for a while because I told the club owner. And the club owner knew. Like, I gave a look like, listen, I'm having a good time. Everyone here is having a good time. This is not even going to be fun between me and her. She's just basically ruining people sitting around her's time. She's taking their attention away. And it's ridiculous. Now, the owner was in a tough situation because she was part of a party of 20. So that then now puts me in a rough situation because if I shit on her really hard, make her cry or do something and she gets up and leave, now I may have 19 other people that want to get up and leave or upset with me and that's going to change the whole dynamic of the room. So it's just a bullshit situation. But I'm a professional. This is what I do. So I was able to just read it, read the situation and know how to handle it so everybody could still have a good time but she would shut up. And even the people in her party want her to shut up too. Um, so I'm going into a joke. And right as I get to the punchline, I went into an old joke about, um, I went into an old joke that I haven't done in a long time. I was having a really good time. I actually did an hour. I did an hour in this room for these people. Okay. Even with some unruly idiots, I could, you know, <clears throat> my job was to get, you know, 45 minutes. And, <clears throat> geez, I feel like I got choke fest here I'm sipping water excuse me I'm sorry <clears throat> so see you lost my voice yelling at this bitch so anyway I go into a punchline and she ruins it like right before I get to the punchline she yells something and the crowd got really upset and I said you know something I said you just ruined the punchline and I said and I'm not doing it now I'm not doing the joke now I'm not doing the punchline and people look at me like, why? I mean, you know why? Because I want, you know, however many people, like 99 other people to be mad at you too. You know, like it was, she just ruined it. So finally, I looked over at the owner during my set while I'm on stage. And I go, can, can, seriously? Like I just, and they said security's coming. And the, the big dude she was with was like, shut the fuck up. If you don't shut up right now, like he was really pissed. Because he knew. <clears throat> and he was a tough guy. So maybe he didn't want me to go at him. You know, because, oh, God forbid I go at this big dude and then he looks stupid. Then it's a whole big deal. Anyways, you know, <clears throat> the whole thing was a could have been a mess because of her. But uh, it was a great, great time, believe it or not. Um, and I did extra time. I really enjoyed myself. So thank everybody at Knuckleheads Comedy Club in Tom's River. Uh, even that fucking animal. And uh, some people know me that I don't like Jersey. Okay. Not a fan of Jersey. I'm really not. I have, uh, you know, I've said it a million times on here. I'll say it again. I have family there, you know, and and I I get it. I just think that the state stinks. I think it smells like shit, and I think that the crowds are worse than New York crowds. And I think sometimes they're fucking animals. I really do. That's how I feel. Sometimes they're great. I have a great time. I've performed there a ton of times, and I think the the people in Jersey for the most part, are great. Sometimes not so much, and more often than New York, they're not as they're not as good. So I said to them, 
when I uh, got to the, on stage, I, it was funny. Early in my set, I just looked at the crowd and I go, I fucking hate Jersey. And probably a ballsy, silly thing to do, but it was just really honest and it felt good to say. And then when they were yelling, I was just, I, just, I think I just called them Jersey animals. <laughs> I was just like, you guys are Jersey animals. Look at this place. But, you know, I can't say that the blonde girl who yelled out stuff just happens in Jersey. It happens everywhere. It's just this crowd was, and it was funny. I, I noticed that some of the people there that were with her, some of the tough guys, the thugs, if you want to call them, they were kind of like, I heard one guy talking. He's like, no, no, no. He did his thing. He kept it real. But, and then he started like whispering and he was probably like, you know, he's talking to my girl like that. And you could just get the sense. And it was so nice to just sit there and smile while people left. And I just don't care. I don't care. You know, you're at a comedy show. Shut your mouth. I will preach this on this podcast every time it happens. Because the more people that know, the more times it is beaten into people's brains. And I would suggest any comedian listening to this podcast right now or any fan of comedy or any fan of mine or just any fan of going to a comedy club to watch live comedy, like live comedy, watch comedians, their favorite comedians live. The more it gets out to tell these people to shut up, the better it is for everybody. Now, listen, sometimes it's a fun interaction between the crowd and, and somebody in the audience, if it's fun, if it's nice. But just drunk and rude, trying to make it about your stupid drunk self that nobody cares about is so ridiculous. Um, and uh, But I, I, I did handle it right because if, if, if there's 100 people in there and I make 20 people walk out or whatever it is, I don't know what was in there, but you know I can't do that. Although I would have loved to. It would have been great if just half the room got out. And I made the other people not like her. So it worked out. Thanks, everybody. Uh, that, that was the New Jersey week. And uh, this week is the Connecticut week. I'll get into that at, at the plugs at the end of the show. But I'm doing a couple of things in Connecticut uh, starting tonight. And it should be uh, it should be a good time. So, wow, we're almost a half hour into this thing. Talking about music and unruly crowds. Blonde-headed drunk bitches that just don't know when to shut up. And I just find it so unbelievably, like, silly. And I feel so bad for a guy that is with a woman. If you're a woman and you're in your 30s, you're in your mid-30s or late 30s or, or, or worse, let's say early 40s, and you get like that when you drink in public, like when you go out, how fucking sad and sloppy and white trashy is that? It's like, wow, didn't you, did you go to, well, she probably didn't go to college, but like, didn't you get some partying out when you were younger? Like, do you really have to still live the life of drinking that hardcore and doing shots and doing all this shit with your coworkers and then showing up out in public and acting like an immature, truly just a fucking moron? Like, that's just sad to me, more than it even angers me to know that there's people out there that can't go to a social, can't go to a social, you know, and it's like, oh, they have a problem. Fuck that, man. You're with 20 fucking coworkers. Somebody needs to say to you, listen, maybe you shouldn't come into this room. Maybe you should go home. Like, you need to, come on, man, you're an adult. That whole fucking boys, they got a problem, they got a problem. Yeah, You know something? If you're yelling for an hour or you're yelling for an hour and a half at a show and to just say, oh, that person's got a problem so they can do it, that's a bullshit excuse. You know? I would love to, uh, dude, I would love to just, if it was allowed where um, where uh, you could just fucking throw shit on the audience. 
I've heard of comedians like spitting on the audience. I would never do that. You know, I would never. But if you could just, I don't know, there, it would be great if it was just allowed where like the, the, the comedian could just throw shit or like just, I would love to just piss on her. Just during my set, just pull out my dick and piss on her and security does nothing to me and she has to either sit there and deal with getting pissed on or leave. That would be phenomenal. Because then I could just be like, I'm about to piss on you, bitch, and then she just has to get up because like it may come and nothing will happen to me. <laughs> That'd be a good show to put together. Just like, we may piss on you comedy show. Bring your tarps and your umbrellas. Okay, everybody. We're going to move on now. Um, but no, I, I, oddly, I had a great time even dealing with that. Because um, that's the true fucking professional I am, people. All right, I'll give you an hour and still shut down and have a great time, even with those stupid idiots you place in the crowd. Um, okay, up next, we are going to get into the man, the myth, the legend, Peyton Manning, was cut by the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to repeat this sentence, folks. I'm going to repeat this. Peyton Manning. The Peyton Manning, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, not the greatest in the playoffs, not the greatest in the big game. I'll give you that. Greatest maybe of all time in the regular season, but I will say it again. Peyton Manning was cut by the Indianapolis Colts. After 14 years, he was cut. He was released. He was given his walking papers. He was told, adios, sayonara, get your big fucking body away from this facility. That's what he was told. And I am going to tell you wholeheartedly, I think it is a huge mistake. I think that the Colts are going to see uh, that it was a mistake. I think that they're going to realize that they um, maybe did this a little prematurely. And I think that at the end of the day, 28 or $29 million in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about a billionaire, um, I think he should have got the money. I think you give him the money. I think since he built that city up from from you know, from when he before he got there, which was not, no appeal really, you know, to getting a new, getting a new stadium there, um, winning a Super Bowl, building a, a winning franchise there, bringing so much more money to that city and to that organization, and I think um, he, you know, if he can't play, this is what I think. If he can't play. Which is not the case because uh, three of the most reputable doctors, including the Colts doctor, said that he is not at any more risk than anybody who plays in the NFL right now. And coaches saw him work out in Miami and said that he's throwing the ball lights out and it looks like the same old Peyton Manning who didn't lose anything. So I think that the Colts are banking on him either having another neck injury or getting hurt or whatever. Or maybe that's their excuse. And that's what I think it is because that's why the owner tweeted, oh, even though one doctor cleared Peyton, our doctor didn't. He was real quick to do that, which was kind of a dick move to do to your boy who, you know, when you find out something good. You should want everything to do, you know, but the reason, here, here's why this is happening, folks. This is what it is. I'm giving you good sports talk here right now on the Verzi effect. This is what it is, Okay. If they don't have the first-round pick, Andrew Luck, of course they don't do this. This whole rebuilding thing, this is all based on Andrew Luck. This isn't based on Peyton Manning. This is based on getting a first round. It's, I mean, a little bit's based on Peyton Manning because he's older and because of the injury. But they are banking on this kid from Stanford to come in day one, take over the starting position, 
at quarterback and become a great player and and do things. Now they may not expect him to win right away. They and they may know that he's not going to be Peyton Manning. Who's going to be Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning's come once every fucking, you know, 25, 30 years. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, Peyton Manning is like a Dan Marino or a John Elway, a Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Those guys, you know, if you look, it's like every 20 something years like one or two of those guys come along. So you're not you're not going to get this guy. But what if Andrew Luck isn't that good? What if what if Peyton Manning goes to, let's say he goes to the Cardinals, or let's say he goes to the Dolphins. I think he's going to end up on the Dolphins. But let's say he goes to this place, and all of a sudden he meshes real well with, let's say, uh, you know, Brandon Marshall on the Dolphins, and they start winning games. And they started actually winning games towards the end of last year. And they go on a thing, and Peyton Manning looks like the old Peyton Manning, and the Dolphins are coming, and everything's great, and Miami's blowing up, and South Beach, people are coming out spending money. Dolphin games are a huge attraction. And Andrew Luck is really struggling over there, and those guys go 5-11, and 11, you know, or 6-10, or and 10, and miss the playoffs. And Peyton Manning is in the... AFC wildcard game or division game or even gets a bye and all of a sudden all this good shit is happening. Doesn't that look that it, it, it looks first of all, I don't care what anybody says. I do think it's disloyal. You know, maybe that's my maybe that's my Italian and, and my Greek heritage and my background. But somebody does something good by me, I don't give a fuck, dude. If I'm a billionaire and you built me a stadium and you've been you you took me to a Super Bowl and you did this and I got billions of dollars and and I and you're owed 28 or 29 million. I know if I give you that money, we're going to make it back with ticket sales. We're going to make it back. We're going to make it back because you're probably going to get us to the playoffs again. So all that's extra newfound money. That's all new merchandise. Let's say we go on a good run and you do get us to a Super Bowl. That can happen too. And that's more money. So the idea that they just cut ties with him because they're worried about his injury and the money. This guy was told by doctors that he's play. he could play. And this is a fact. When your neck gets fused, this is a medical fact. I'm not making this shit up. When your neck gets fused and it heals properly, which they said he, his is healed perfectly, your neck is actually stronger. So his neck is stronger now. Okay? Anybody at any play is at risk in the NFL. Anytime. But this guy is healing. This guy took a year off. That was really hard to do. But in that year, he got back. He's getting better. And I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy that the team did this. I do, I do, I really think, I understand rebuilding and all this shit, but not now, it's not time to rebuild, he's 35 years old, okay, a quarterback could play great football until they're almost 40, he's got another two or three legitimate years to maybe make a championship run, and why not do it in the city that he fucking, it's like ridiculous, it's ridiculous, you're gonna make a statue of this guy, no one's ever gonna wear his number again, but you couldn't give him the $28 million bonus, and I know it sounds like a lot of money, I know I'm throwing the 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 the, the amount of $28 million, you know, um, out there like it's no big deal, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not, okay, it's really not, if you have $500 in your pocket, and you wanna go buy, you know, a Snapple, you, you know, you're not going to really be like, ah, well, what if the Snapple's got a crack in the fucking bottle? You know, even though that Snapple has been, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. Snapple, how do I even get there? That makes no fucking sense what I'm talking Crack in the bottle? Am I serious? You know what I'm saying, though. Fucking terrible analogy. Uh, <laughs> that's like saying I want a piece of candy and you have $5. Just if the candy's been good to you. Fucking stupid. You know what I mean, though. Twenty-eight million dollars in the in the grand scheme of things for a billionaire is nothing. 
It really is nothing. Give it to him. It's not like you're giving it to a running back. It's not like you're giving it to your franchise quarterback who's been there for 14 fucking years, won a Super Bowl for you, built you Lucas Oil's field, that the whole stadium is there because of him. This guy did everything. And you're just going to fucking part ways. dude. And I don't like that owner. The look on his face, he looks like a fucking sleazy cocksucker. I don't know that to be true. But you know what I'm saying. I just feel like it's a disloyal move. And people are going to say, okay, well, what if Peyton goes and his arm strength is not there and the Colts knew something? Listen, I take all of this back. If the Colts know something that, that we don't know, I'm going on the basis of what these doctors are saying. And these are reputable, top-notch doctors in the country, okay? I don't think you're going to put your name out there. Okay, if you're Dr. Andrews down there, I don't think you're going to say, I think he's fine and he could play and he's not at any risk. And then all of a sudden he goes out there and can't play. This guy gets has the every fucking major athlete goes to this guy, Andrews, everybody. So if this guy is saying it, he's not going to say, oh, this guy could play. And all of a sudden Peyton goes out there and Peyton's throwing ducks and can't do anything. Now, he's probably going to be a little rusty, of course, but I'm just talking about from a health standpoint. So if the Colts know, oh, he's really hurt and he's never going to play again and he's going to retire, that's different then. Then then what they're saying is makes sense. But I'm going by what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing and what everybody in, 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 in this whole situation is saying, that he's actually healthy and going to play for another team and has his arm strength back. If that's the case, this is the worst. Why would you do it? I hope Peyton Manning goes to the Dolphins I will be. They will be my second. I will be rooting for them hard. If Peyton Manning goes to the Dolphins, I'll be rooting for them hard. Um, I'll be rooting for obviously his brother. And I'm a G-man, G-man, world champion, New York Football Giants. Everybody, world champion, New York Football Giants again. That's right, Eli Manning, Hall of Fame. That's right. Hasn't missed a start in how long? Eli Manning, the New York Football Giants. Don't you ever forget it. Okay, that's my team, but. If his brother, Peyton Manning, goes to the Dolphins, I hope they win. I hope they fuck. I'm going to root for them hard against the Patriots. I'm going to root for them against the Jets. And I hope that they go far. And I hope the Colts see that luck needed a lot of work. And it's going to take years. And they're in the shitter. And their fans are sitting there silent week in and week out. And the owner is sitting at his desk with his hands on his head and his head down going, what? the fuck did I do? That's justice to me. That's how I feel. And I'm sticking to it. And if you disagree, you disagree. But uh, time will tell. Time will tell what happens with this situation. And um, we'll move on now. We'll move on. That's what I feel about Peyton Man. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed spewing that and giving it to you. Because um, this is episode 53, people. I want to know, do you guys like when I have a guest or do you like when it's just me? I don't, I'm trying to find out. Do, do me a favor. If you listen to this podcast and you're a real fan of mine and you're a fan of the shows, um, just let me know. If you like me with a guest, or if you like both, some people may like both. I what I do is I have some guests, and then, but mainly this is this is a show that that is mainly you know just me. But I throw guests on, you know, like in spurts, like you guys know. But let me let me know. Do you like when it's just me, or do you like when I have a guest, or or both, or it, it makes no difference. I'm just curious. Um, 
So that, I guess that will uh, that will bring me to unacceptable for the week, and unacceptable for the week is the disloyal cults. That's it. I just I feel I find it unacceptable that somebody can do so much for you, and you know, you know. I just I'll give you guys an example, okay? Um, I have friends who have you know have friends in a business, just people who have helped me, owners and bookers, comedy club bookers who. You know, have said, hey, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put you on the show. And then they do. And I will always be loyal to that club no matter what because that these people look out for me, you know. It's just it's ridiculous. You know, you, you got to you got to show loyalty. And I know when money gets involved, but it, it, it doesn't matter. That money was created by him. So it's like he's getting his fucking money back. You know, that's how I look at it. Unacceptable unacceptable, disloyal. This guy should have finished, should finish his career as a cult. And I think the fact that they're not allowing that to happen because they have the first round draft pick is unacceptable. See what happens in injury? That's what Brett Favre said. Brett Favre always said, I give Brett Favre a lot of credit, you know, not for showing his dick to people, but I give him a lot of credit for saying I never wanted to come out of a game because I knew my job would be I might not have a job anymore. And Peyton's injury really did cost him his job. It really did, you know, his injury. And you listen, you can't help it when you get a, a neck thing. But now they got this the first-round pick and all this stuff. So unacceptable by the Colts. That's my unacceptable for the week. Um, and in other sports news, the New York Knicks suck again. That's right. <clears throat> my New York Knickerbockers suck again. Uh, after the All-Star break, we that game against the Celtics broke my heart. It really did. Um, I thought we were going to win that game. We don't foul at the end. Uh, Carmelo played great. It looked like we were going to go into Boston and start things off on the right foot. We lose a heartbreaker in overtime, and then we get our asses handed to us in Dallas and, and San Antonio. Uh, no defense. Jeremy Lin didn't look good at all. Uh, Tony Parker ran circles around him. Tyson Chandler was out. Our defense looks shitty, and the Knicks look like they're the eighth seed again. It sucks. It sucks. It's my only pain in sports, and it sucks. I just I don't know what it's going to take. I just don't know what it's going to take for the Knicks to win or play defense. You got to get a coach in here that wants to play defense, or you know, it's whatever. I just can't even talk about it anymore. The Knicks suck again. I'm excited for March Madness. I'm going to fill out my brackets. And uh, maybe I'll even fill out my brackets. Um, no, I can't. I was going to say I'll fill out my brackets here on the show for you guys, but I can't because it's, it's time. It's uh, timing-wise won't work. So uh, that's pretty much it in sports. Now, as far as movies, guys, I have good news and bad news. The good news is, the good news is, um, I'll give you the bad news first. The bad news is I still don't have a movie to review because I don't want to see these fucking movies that are out. I have no desire to see, like, John Carter in the theater. I have no desire to see the Eddie Murphy movie that's out. I I don't care about Silent House, you know. Um, I do want to see Safe House with Denzel, but it didn't get the greatest reviews. Uh, I don't really go by reviews, but I just, you know, um, so I don't have anything to report to you guys movie-wise yet. But I will tell you this. The good news is I started working on my movie. I am shooting a full full documentary. And we started. And it was awesome. Uh, the first shoot was awesome. I have some 
big big guests coming on this thing and it's going to be it's this is my this is my baby this is my project i'm putting everything that i got um when i'm free and not doing comedy this is what i'm working on right now and i'm really excited it may take a year it may take less but i can promise you this when this thing comes out and i'm not putting it out unless i am completely happy and think that it is thoroughly entertaining just good, different, something people haven't seen and really takes people back. I'm not doing it unless it does that. Um, and it needs to do that to me. And nobody's going to be a harder critic on it than, than I am. But we're, we're shooting something here that is, is going to be, um, it means a lot to me. And I, I think it's going to give a whole different perspective on, on comedy and family the way that it has never been seen before. And uh, I'm working on it. And, and we got some really cool stuff. So So sit back. And um, and wait for that. But uh, hopefully I'll be reviewing my own movie. And uh, I'm going to give you guys something good. Because um, that's what I do. I'm not half-stepping at this time. Not that I ever did before. But I'm not even fucking around. Like this is going to be something really good. Um, it's going to be raw and real. And um, now I'll do some plugs here. And I guess uh, 45. we're after 45 minutes. That went pretty quick. Which means it's going to be a good one. I think this was a good one. I don't know if you guys will agree, but I, I feel, I just feel it. I feel like this was a good podcast. You know, some have been good. Some have been great. Some have sucked. Some have been, eh. This one I think is good. 53. Plugs for the week. Oh, I just got added. I just got, um, I just found out. April Fool's Day, everybody. April Fool's Day in my backyard. Uh, I'm going to keep plugging it. Terrytown Music Hall with Bill Burr. I'll be there again with him. We did it last year. It was phenomenal. It went great. Um, it's really close to my house. So we are going to have a great time there. So if you want to see me perform um, and open up for the for the great Bill Burr, his new hour is just unbelievable. Um, and I know a lot of people in Westchester were saying, well, where can we see you in Westchester? Well, it doesn't get better than this in Westchester. It's almost a thousand-seater. And uh, it's right here, right at home, everybody. So, um, you know, come and check it out. Uh, April 1st, which is Sunday, April 1st, at the uh, Terrytown Music Hall. This weekend, I will be performing with the legendary John Mulroney. John Mulroney was a... Oh, man, in the 90s, he was like one of the guys, man. This, this guy, um, we're going to be... He's really funny. We're going to be at the Bayou Theater tonight. I'll be at the, this is um, this Friday tonight. I'm going to have this ho hopefully posted up in the next couple hours here. But this will be uh, tonight, the Bayou Theater in Bridgeport, Connecticut um, at 8.30. And then tomorrow I am doing a private event in um, somewhere in Connecticut. It's like 400 people or something. But it's a private event for sports, like a sports team or like, a I don't know, coaches, kids, fan, whatever. So that one I, I really think is private. I don't even know if anybody outside could go to that. I don't think they can. It'd be funny if people just showed up and are like, no, I heard it on the Verzi effect. Like four guys were just like, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> uh, come to the Bayou Theater tonight uh, to see me and John Mulroney perform. It should be fun. And uh, that's it. I don't know what else to uh, to do. Should we try to find another Biggie song to maybe go out to? I don't know. What do you guys think? Let's see. 
I'll see what I could do with you guys on here. How about that? We're going into overtime right now. So the show's over, but now this is going to be some extra overtime here. All right? This is like going long on a set. I'm going to see what, what other Biggie songs can we maybe close out with. I'll give you guys a couple of minutes of a song. And um, we'll do that. Where Where is it? Uh, let's see. Like a guy got shot right in the streets and they still didn't find the guy that did it. Isn't that unbelievable? All right, we got... All right. They ended his movie with Hypnotize. So let's end the podcast with Hypnotize. I'm going to turn it up for you guys. Enjoy. This is the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 53. I'll be back next week with 54. And we will, uh, we're going to do this thing again. You guys are the shit, the Verzi Effectors. We're growing strong. We're becoming a, um, we're going to become a, a, just a fucking tribe of people. I want to make a t-shirt. I want to make, I swear to God, I want to make t-shirts for all my loyal fans and just send it out there for free. And just people walking around all over the country with the Verzi Effect t-shirts. I really want to do that. I think I'm going to do. I'm going to do something. I got to do something for the loyal, the loyal fans and the loyal listeners. Um, here it is, everybody. Notorious B.I.G. Rest in peace on the anniversary of his passing. Until next week, I'm out of here. Nope, that's that's what we were just listening to. Here it is. All right. Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. That's Dead right. right, if the head right, Biggie there, and I. Papa been school since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce Cruz, who do something to us? Talk, go through us. Girls want to us, wanna do us, screw us, who us? Yeah, Papa and Pump. Close like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC easily. Take that. Recently, niggas frontin' ain't saying nothing, so I just. Keep my peace, keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace, with my peace. Packing, asking who want it. They got it, make a flaunt it. That Brooklyn bullshit, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so big. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so big. Posing NY onto DKNY uh-huh. Miami, D.C. prefer Versace right. All Philly hoes know it's Moschino Every cutie with the booty for the coochie Now who's the real dookie? Meaning who's really the shit? Them niggas ride dicks Frank White push the six Or the Maxis LX Four and a half Bulletproof glass tips If I want some ass Gonna blast we first Ask questions last That's how most of these so-called gangsters pass At last A nigga rapping about blunts and broads Tits and bras Menage a twice Sex and expensive cars I still leave you on the pavement Condo paid for No car payment At my arraignment No 
for the cleaning. The daughter's tied up in the Brooklyn basement. Face it, not guilty. That's how I stay still. Like richer than richer. So you niggas come and get come on. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken. You're so big. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken. You're so big. I can fill you with real millionaire shit. Yeah. That's cargo, my cargo. Mm, 160, on. swiftly. Wreck it by your new one. The crew run, run, run. The crew, crew run, run, run. I know you sick of this name brand. Nigga with flows, girl. Say he's sweet like nigga with So get with this, nigga. It's easy. Girlfriend, here's a bitch. Call me round 10. Come through. Have sex on rocks. That's Persian. Come up to your job. Hit you while you're working. For certain. Pop a freaking. Not speaking. Leave that ass leaking. Like rapper Dumb. Tell them who, take their clothes off slowly Kill them with the force like Kobe Take it black like Kobe, watch me throw like Kobe Lucky they don't own me, where the say show me Homie, homie Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me And I just love your flashy ways I guess that's why they're broken, you're so big Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me And I just love your flashy ways I guess that's why they're broken and you're so big. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken. You're so big. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken. You're so big. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's